Okay, so before we start the show, in one week. One we week? Recording our first ever live show. Oh, it's on the 13th of June. That's uh, that's a week today. Yeah. It's at the Pavilion in Reading. It We're going to be trying to weave Who Framed Roger Rabbit into the Tooniverse that we have created. And we'd like your help to do it. So it's £3 a ticket. Starts at 7 o'clock on the 13th of June. Yeah. Come on down. Share some theories and queries. Watch an awesome movie. Get involved. Yeah. And then you get to see us. You get to talk to us. Uh, it might be nice. And then, uh, you know, when show 52 rolls around... You'll be on it. We'll be a year old and you'll be on it. Yeah. If, if you get on and you ask a question, you even hear your golden voice on the airways. So, yeah, do that. <laughs> you can get tickets uh, from kaiju.fm slash live or, if you're in the Reading area, from across the bar at the Nags Head, which is right opposite the venue. Yeah, that's where we are. Get involved. Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And the summer's here and I sneeze all the time. Yeah, that, that is happening a lot to you. Yeah, it, I don't like it. Is it going to happen a lot? I think it might. Dur- yeah. dur- during, the, during the course of the show, oh, do you think? Oh yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. For the next couple of weeks at least, wow. I reckon it's going to be, you know. I mean, there's not that much pollen in my house. Yeah, it's 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 looking pretty good. I yeah. mean, the fact that we have to shut all the windows so there's not street noise and wind. Yeah, and that's kind of like helping. That, that's helping. I haven't sneezed since I've been in here. I don't think. No, so that's, that's a good. And run. I do try to keep a fan on, so there's always like some level of you know positive pressure. But yeah, my my nose is allergic to summer. Cal's most uh, of him yeah. just hates it. Oh god, it's just too much. We're chirpy people. <laughs> oh, we, we, yeah, we're really happy. But that's a good thing because at least once a week we get to sit in here, close all the curtains. Uh, shut all the windows, make it as cold as we possibly can, and watch cartoons. Yeah, and you know, but it also means in the winter we're veritable beacons of sunshine. Oh, we love it. Everyone else is, you know, oh no, wish it was summer, and we're I like hate the snow. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Because you know, like when else can you walk around, drink mulled wine in the middle of the street, and you know, <laughs> no one bats an eyelid. Do yeah. that in the middle of summer, people think you're weird. Top tip: get a thermos full of mulled wine. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a life of Riley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get a thermos and make some old one and put it in. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They won't sell you one. No, mold. they won't. And I mean, it might be a bit warm to do that now. Yeah, but, don't do it now. But chilled white wine in the thermos out and about would work just as well. So there you go. That's our top tip of the week. <laughs> Uh, it's only a week till our live show, Cal. I know. I'm really looking forward to I it. I am not ready. Um. Well, I mean... Well, actually, no. I am ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> ready. Like, some, some aspects are not ready. Yeah, so some aspects aren't ready, but I think we're about as prepared as we can be, really. Because, I mean, I know it sounds, because of just how seamless it is, that this is slightly scripted. It's not. Like, like, like we wing it, and that's all we've got to do on the night. Do you think it sounds seamless? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I think it sounds like two people waffling on in a room. Seamless waffling. It is seamless waffling. I mean, because seen... I do very little editing <laughs> work. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen any seams. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, there's a good reason but, for that. But you know, for that, we need a constant influx of cartoons. Yeah. So I think it's probably a good idea if we jump right into one. Open the tune sluice. Yeah. That's my new name for the portal. Do you like <laughs> oh, it? <laughs> 
sounds horrid. Yeah. Toon sluice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can't it's, say it's it also no good. I like slightly. it because when you start saying it, people think you're going to say sleuths and it's going to be fine. Yeah. But then you don't. No, you don't. No. <laughs> so uh, we uh, stopped an episode early last week uh, so we could open on a good bugs number this week. Uh, so we're going to be watching Rhapsody Rabbit. It's a Bugs number from November 9th, 1946. What is interesting is they haven't went for the classic Wapsity Wabbit. But that's probably because Elmer's not in it. Yeah, also I think Rhapsody's a tricky enough word for uh, already. You don't need to be making it but no, completely no. illegible. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> okay, oh. so let's give it a go. We're watching Rhapsody Rabbit from November 9th, 1946. <laughs> <laughs> he was angry wasn't he yeah i mean like although the sort of situation of this episode didn't allow for that much like we must be seeing somewhere at the peak of darkest bugs here, yeah right uh, he starts off with a murder like he, he was always vain but like he's like like just has no respect for the life of other things no at all at this point whatever point that may be so strange like i i mean this must be just well i mean it is post-war but it must be like just after he's got back he must be suffering from some sort of post-traumatic stress and like he's he's a concert pianist yeah he's a concert pianist and uh i you know i presume he's achieved this level in a sort of groundhog day sort of a way yeah in fact, you might have, you know, seen that movie later in time. Gone, that's a good idea. Come back. Who knows? But yeah, so he's he's gotten real good at the piano. Yeah. He's a concert pianist. But he's about to start, and there's some coughing in the audience, and like it doesn't shut up for a little while, and so he just shoots the guy. He just pulls out a revolver and shoots him. Yeah, and then just sits back down, does yeah. his thing. But no one batters an eyelid, though. Well, we can't see their eyelids. No, that's true. They're never shown an, uh, an a, eyelid. Yeah, an, an audience no. eyelid. No. We only see four eyelids in the course of the episode. That is true. Two on bugs and two on a mouse that lives in his piano. And it it does live in the piano as well. So I'm guessing that, you know, it must be... It's either the mouse's piano, because it can play. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's the piano tuner, although then they would have been an actual fish, Um, not a mouse. So... Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, it definitely lives it. And Bugsy goes out of his way to, you know, kill this mouse who's just trying to help. Yeah. The mouse is just doing the, the you know, the, the tricky jumps for him and stuff. Yeah. Like, Bugs doesn't like it, though. Like, he tries to kill him on many an occasion with traps and dynamite and all kinds. Yeah. He's really angry, though. But the, through the whole thing, he's really <laughs> angry. Um, and he's wasting a lot of time, I would say, on his on his mission as well. Yeah, well, see, what I'm thinking is whether or not... Because, um, I mean, we saw Bugs on some pretty dark missions throughout the war. Do you think... Because he was obviously working for somebody. And do you think they were aware of his, um, you know, kind of travel ability? And therefore were making him, like, do and repeat many missions until he got it right. So, you know, it sent them... 
You know, so it's not just that he did one or two dark missions. We did bring that up. He like, probably like, had when to he was do in Japan, thousands. Like it was like we said it would be like was like Edge of Tomorrow or yeah. what they call it. There's two names for that film: Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat. Yes, and yeah, I reckon that's the situation he was putting in the war. Yeah. So, so like, not only has he killed those people that we saw him kill, but he's, but he's killed most of them time and time again, yeah. like over potentially and over thousands and of over. times, and that's so, that's gonna mess with you. Yeah. And, and like, but now he's just—I don't know—he's—he's he's definitely not all there at the moment. No, I mean, he, the needs, thing, the, the, he needs a friend. Yeah, like at some point we're going to have to see the redemption of Bugs. Yeah, I hope so. Is there anything? Is an episode <laughs> called Redemption I Rabbit? So. <laughs> I hope we don't get to Space Jam and find out the aliens were the good guys. <laughs> oh man! Oh, wouldn't that be weird? But yeah, I don't think this answers much. It was just like, I, like I would say. Just his demeanour seemed worse than even in the oh, episode yeah. where he's killing the Japanese. Yeah, he was like, he was so dark. Like, oh god! He'll just ki- like because this this just says to me that a bugs from around this point in the timeline will just shoot someone for a minor irritation. Yeah, like I mean, I, I, I I'm kind of rooting for Elmer to actually get him at this point. Yeah, and I I think. I, I'm sure Elmer has to be involved in Bugs sort of coming back to his senses, but uh, look, we're not going to see that here, so, so I think we should move on. So do you think Elmer is to Bugs what Daffy was to Porky? Yeah, I think so. And I think we're seeing, like, it's interesting that in both of those relationships, the one who we didn't think was, like, the yeah. good one <laughs> yeah, is actually out, it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, good thing you're here to balance it all out. Yeah. Well... Uh, but yeah, right now I think we need to move on. I think we should uh, to uh, an episode called "Roughly Squeaking," and it's uh, Claude, Hubie, Bertie, and Hector. So yeah, Claude's the cat, Hector's yeah. the bulldog. Hubie and Bertie uh, have been mice yes. until now. And I mean, but I mean, but we know that switch is about. Yeah, we do. So uh, let's uh, go for that then. Uh, join us in watch- watching a uh, "Roughly Squeaking" from November twenty third, nineteen forty six. This is the last one in nineteen forty six. It is. So Claude used to be marketing himself as like a mouse catcher. Yeah. Now he's a, I don't know, something's happened to Claude. Yeah. I, I mean, we I, never heard him speak before, I don't think. I think that's why we don't, his voice was weird. Yeah, I think he must have taken a knock to the head or something because he's definitely forgot pretty much everything that's happened. Yeah. Like, because he's, he's asleep and um, Hubie and Bertie are trying to steal cheese. They accidentally walk it straight into Claude's mouth as he's snoring, I guess. And then, you know, that obviously wakes Claude up because having a large wheel of cheese shoved into your face probably would. Yeah, we'll do some, we'll try it later. <laughs> yeah, next, next time I'm asleep, just come and cram a load of, uh, I don't know, whatever cheese it was, some sort of Swiss cheese. Yeah. A wheel of Swiss cheese into my mouth, see if I wake up. Um, and, yeah, they try to convince... Claude and managed to convince him that he's not just a cat, he is a lion. He is a big cat. And he's like, no, I'm not a lion. So they shave him. Yeah. They do his hair a bit. They yeah, leave yeah, him like they... a little tuft on the top. Yeah. And then they put what I can... I... It looks like some a... sort of mop or... I think it's like a mop head. Like, because I've definitely seen those like yeah. circular ones with a hole in the middle. I don't yeah. know what the And they function. just pop it on to go, there's your mane. And he's buying this <clears throat> straight yeah. up. Uh, and they send him out to get a moose. They put some uh, 
yeah, it's because twigs it, on the head of a I dog. I think that's because it's the singular of mice, according to Hubie and Bertie. They're like uh, because Claude's like, ah, oh, uh, I still fancy eating a mouse, and that no, 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 that's that's the that's that that's not it. You you, you want a moose? That's the that's the singular <laughs> of mice. I mean, I'm glad that it's definitely framed as a trick because uh, trying to weave in the fact that uh, mice are baby elephants. Yeah, uh, but if there's only one of them, it's a moose. It's <laughs> a baby elephant. <laughs> that that's that's iffy you're either gonna have like a a litter of mice yes or one moose or you're just gonna have one moose (laughs) oh god i feel i feel really full (laughs) like i I do i do hope it's at least twins (laughs) so that they're just coming out individually like some sort of scattergun um but yeah but as they're moose (laughs) like some sort of scattergun you know like that firing them individually Okay. I don't know how birth works. Luckily, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> it's becoming increasingly apparent. <laughs> In their world, obviously. Um, yeah, so they decide while Hector's asleep outside to put like twigs on, him, on like his, his head. Branches on his head. Yeah, and they, and they tell Claude that Hector is a moose and to go get him. Yeah, uh, Hector, in this regard, is an anomaly with the rest of the universe mm. because he looks in the mirror and he sort of he sort of sees it he goes oh yeah i'm a moose but he doesn't alter his behavior at all he just goes no. i still feel like a dog and i still don't like cats and then yeah. just starts punching yeah, him. she Lord. starts wailing on <laughs> he just him. gets him in a headlock and starts punching him yeah uh there's a there, there's so a bird repeat- that in this all the way through that keeps looking down going like just, going just, just a real perplexed look on yeah. his face throughout the whole thing and like and and we'll find out for why later yeah. on. But like, uh, so they re- sort of repeat this process, uh, telling them that Hector is a, a gazelle. A gazelle. Uh, but but they do try to convince Hector to act like a gazelle using sleep hypnosis. Yeah. Now what I like is Hubie and Bertie at this point could have just ran off with the cheese at any point, but. Like every good tune, they always follow through with a gag. Like they just <laughs> hang around. They're like, "Nah, gotta see where this goes. Let's keep it going," and they do to great well, length. I've just tipped tea all down myself. Any particular reason? Uh, hot day. Isn't it? <laughs> it's a hot day. I want to get covered in some lukewarm tea. Lovely. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> that's quite right. So yeah, like, like they really follow through with the gag. So they use some sleep hypnosis on Hector. Try to convince him he's a gazelle. And he starts running away from Claude as Claude's chasing him round and round a tree to the point where Claude catches him, starts chewing on his leg and Hector perfectly reasonably just goes, look, both me and you know something isn't right here yeah. and there's only one way to fix and it. And then they agree and then he just chases yeah, Claude and just starts chasing, And boots him. And then he's like, as Claude's flying through the air, the bird again sees a flying cat dressed as a lion and it's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so this sort of goes on and then the last thing they try to convince uh claude that hector is is a pelican yeah and he goes do i who said i was who said i was a pelican yeah. and he points over at the mice and say they did and yeah. they just go yeah you're a pelican yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and they just pelican. drift off down a hole with the cheese and that's yeah. the last you see of them and then he goes if i were a pelican wouldn't i have a fish in my mouth yeah and then he opens his mouth and he's got a fish and in there's, his oh, mouth. There's, there's just a whole fish in there yeah and then uh, the bird from the tree, bird from the tree starts the... ripping his feathers out yeah. and then it cuts back to 
Hector and Claude, and Hector says, oh, God, I am a pelican. Yeah. And then this bald bird, he's stripped all his feathers out, just turns up with a plate around his waist. Yeah, with two holes cut in as well, so his legs can stick out. Yeah, and like a a garnish, like some veg, and just goes, and I'm a Thanksgiving turkey. Gobble, 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 (laughs) gobble. And that's the end. And flies off. How does he fly off with it? He's ripped all his feathers out. How is he flying? He's got a a plate and a skirt. But what, like... In the last minute of that episode, I have no idea what happened. I don't know. It is the first episode where Hector talks, though. Yeah, and he's a level-headed dude. He I, I hold high hopes for Hector in the future of maybe, it- maybe bringing some people's, you know, uh, adrenaline down a bit, maybe yeah. calming them down. Just And hopefully making people realise that just because you look like a thing doesn't mean you are that thing. Yeah, I'm hoping he's going to do some night classes or something on that because yeah. I'm sick of seeing it. <laughs> but that was a... It was such a weird episode. It was interesting that Claude throughout the whole thing was bald. Yeah. Uh, like, and... And I'm guessing know. still thinks he's a lion. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be at least easily con- reconvinced that he's a lion. Yeah. And Hector just seems like like minorly annoyed by the whole thing the whole time. It's just like, stop it. Yeah. But he's- I mean, he is t- like... Like Claude is tiny by comparison to Hector, so. But I remember Hector like... sort of as being framed as a bad guy in a lot of cartoons. Um, I may be misremembering, but yeah, like, no. and I think it's because he's in like Sylvester and Tweety. Yeah, and like I always remember him as actually being. I think he's all like, right. Like, I think he's just like, at odds like, with yeah. Sylvester. Like not a good guy, but he's definitely not a bad guy. But he's I just def- the one who's. He's always like an annoyed dad. Yeah, like he's just like oh for God's sake again. Yeah, and I, I, I'm like. I know, I think he's another one of those... Because up till now, up till him having a voice, he's always just been the scary dog. Yeah. And I think it's just going to be another one of those situations where it's like, ah, he was right all along. Yeah. What's interesting, Much though, like is... like Elmer and Daffy. Is we, we, like, we haven't seen his moment, so we either have to assume that he'd already had it before we ever met him, or that he's had it off screen. I think that he uh, has had it off screen. Yeah. Um, and him pretending just to be a dog is an is an easy way for him to not get involved with any of this nonsense. Yeah. And then this one was just too far, and he was just like, "I'm just wondering <sighs> what stressed him out." Because the thing is, is it could have been like because you don't see him stressed out in this, but maybe he's got a very low stress threshold, but a really good way of coping with stress. So it could have been a very minor annoyance. He's always stressed. He's out. always stressed. Yeah, but he's just he copes with it. So really he's well. kind of like the Hulk. Like his secret is he's always angry. Would you say uh, the Hulk copes with his stress really well? Well, no, well, no, no. But because I would say his, no, it's Hulk it's, levels. It's, it's, it's Bruce Banner's way of dealing. Like he's always angry. That's that's how he learns to deal with. Yeah. Like the Hulk is just because he's always angry. Yeah. So like maybe Claude's always stressed. So he's just like right, I'm permanently stressed, and that's just him. That's just his level. So I don't know. Like whatever kicked him over for his moment must have been very small. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know this answers a lot, but I'm glad to see Hector getting involved as a, yeah, ca- no, as a, so as a character now. Yes. Um, Hubie and Bertie were rocking it throughout the whole thing, though. Like, like, yeah, like, have they had voices before? Because I remember them in the first Claude episode just sort of pointing at stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they did, really. I think um, I don't think anyone in this uh, cartoon had spoken before. No. No, but like, like, like those guys were pretty... Like they were pretty relaxed about the whole thing. They weren't really that scared of Claude, but there again, when he's so easy to manipulate, yeah, who would be? But they have met him before and were kind of scared of him. So I'm thinking they've done something. So now they're like, yeah, it's Claude. It's that hypnosis book. Yeah. Well, they, well, they're, they're definitely rocking some sleep hypnosis anyway. Yeah. 
Shall we move on into nineteen forty-seven yeah, of nineteen forty-six? Goodbye. Um, so we yeah, timed this pretty well because uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit's set in nineteen forty-seven. It is so, uh, odd how that happened. It's, like it's worked mm. out. I thought we would. I thought we might have whiffed it because we nah. started doing fewer episodes per per episode. Professionals, Matt. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so we're moving on to a cartoon called One Meat Brawl. Uh, it stars Barnyard and Porky. Barnyard, I think, is a dog. Yeah, Barnyard dog. Dog. Uh, so we're watching One Meat Brawl from January the 18th, 1947. Oh, bloody hell. You've got a right face on you, cow. Yeah. Well, it's... There's just a lot of things didn't make very much sense to me there you looked quite distraught by the end of it yeah <laughs> none of these are making any sense well like so we've got we've got a groundhog that is uh, he's named in the episode but he's not he's not a named character on our list which means we're never going to see him again no nah, he's gone so i'm Goodbye, thinking drive a groundhog yeah i'm thinking that he potentially lives in a in his own groundhog day so every day he just that's that's the way gets he up and does that yeah like, which means, you know, the the portal's not going to take any interest because, you know, seen it once, no point showing it again. But it must pan out a different way because he was surprised when he went out and everyone started shooting at him. Yeah, maybe, well, like, like maybe his neighbours are just sick of him doing the same thing every day. Like, that's not being in a Groundhog Day experience. That's just doing <laughs> the same thing every day. If yeah, everyone else, like, like, like maybe he's living in a Groundhog. Like, like not the world. Like just him. Maybe he's just every day to him. Yeah, but is in just the film Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day Bill yeah, Murray was the only one. Bill Murray, awesome. <laughs> was was the only one repeating the day. Everybody else, like, so he retained his memory. Yeah. But everyone else was just doing it like it was the first time. Now, nah, like um, you're talking about some reverse Groundhog Day situation where everybody else <laughs> remembers it. You're saying that everyone else is in a Groundhog Day situation except Grover Groundhog. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that Grover Groundhog's just repeating the same thing every day. I think he's just. That's, that's just having a daily routine. That's not the Groundhog oh, Day situation. Yeah. He's a Groundhog. He's having a day. I, I know that. a lot of people who do the same thing every day. Yeah, I know, but why? Why isn't he in it again? It's just—it's odd that they've named him in the cartoon, but he's not named on this, and he's never going to be in it again. Well, it just seems alarming. Maybe the portal opened on him and went. Actually, that was boring. <laughs> so, but then, but then we've got Barnyard, Barnyard Dog, who's named Mandrake in this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he is named Mandrake, but I don't really think he's named anything. I think he's Barnyard Dog. No, he's, he's George. Like, yeah, I think he's Barnyard Dog. Yeah. And then he can't communicate well enough to really tell anyone his name. Because he just goes, yeah, 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 Groundhog, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so they just call him whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm sure he definitely ends up with a name other than Barnyard Dog. Because he's kind of mainly in Foghorn Leghorn cartoons. That's where I remember him from. That I think dog. he's called Barnyard Dog <laughs> in the Foghorn Leghorn cartoons. Yeah. I mean, we've only seen him in one so far. I think that's his name. Hmm. Oh, well. I wonder how he's ended up with Porky in this episode. And also, which Porky? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because it didn't seem very Porky the Fourth, but I mean, it could be any Porky. There's too many Porkies yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going to roll with this Porky the Fourth because, like, he's hamming up the stutter. And also, it's just, he's... 
he seems oddly disconnected from the start with what he's gone out to do. Like yeah. he's like, uh, he just needs a groundhog to complete his collection. Like, yeah, and he says it in like like he's collecting tin soldiers or something. It's like, yeah, like it's quite childlike. And he's not like I'm going out there to kill that groundhog. No, he's just going out to he collect really... one and. Put yeah, it on I mean, his he's farm? gonna. He said he's gonna stuff it. Oh god! But like, I don't think he's thought. He has to kill it. How it that. how it gets from him finding a groundhog out with his dog. Yeah. And how it gets to He is taking a gun though, so I think he I think he does know he has to shoot it. Yeah, but we've already established that Toons have no idea what no. happens when you point a gun at something <laughs> no. and pull the trigger. Because they're always so distraught. Yeah. I mean he's distraught when he thinks uh Barnyard's eating them. Barnyard's eating the gopher. Yeah. He's like Mind you that like that groundhog does do a very good do- job of um, sob storying. Yeah, he's got Everybody. a wife and seventy-two kids. Yeah, he's only he has three to roll, and a half years old. He has to roll. He has to roll his own cigarettes. His yeah. wife has no nylons. Yeah, he doesn't have any polo ponies. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a I mean, you'd need one. quite a lot. You you would. And how would he ride a polo pony? He's a tiny gopher. I don't. I don't know. Not a gopher. He's a groundhog. That's he's a it. groundhog. You've just got obsessed with I'm, gophers. I'm, I'm 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 getting confused. I mean, I don't think he's going to answer much. I mean, I find it interesting that groundhogs came up so soon after me watching me watching bugs play the piano and presuming that he's done that in a groundhog day style. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, it's groundhogs now. Uh, the groundhog shadow moves separately to him. It does. Uh, which we've seen before. In oh no, we've seen it with a reflection in Daffy. Yes, but like the groundhog's power seems to make a, sh- a groundhog shadow seems to be its own creature. That just yeah. it lives with the groundhog. Uh, it, it did seem like their the roommates. End, uh, at the end, though, they they all jump into the groundhog's hole, and then on the wall you can see all their all the character shadows are fighting, and they they're all just sat down. And Porky says. Are shadow boxing this way nobody gets hurt and then does some sort of maniacal laugh yeah so, so it's, I, but I, what, what i like about that is it, it's not a specific tune power it's a skill that can be taught yeah I, so I, they've I, gone I, home that... the groundhog's gone look this is how you do it this is how you separate yourself from the actions of your shadow yeah and then well it's like it's either that or the groundhog has the ability to manipulate shadows maybe like not just its own yeah, but just the ability to manipulate others shadows yeah, do you think Porky would be getting the uh, satisfaction out of that, though? Like, because Porky seems to be okay with that. I don't know how, because his aim was a stuffed gopher, and he's not getting a stuffed groundhog, and he's not getting... <laughs> yeah. He's not getting one if he just fights it with his shadow. Yeah, but that way no one gets hurt, cause, because I think he was, he was so distraught that he just realised that he can't actually kill this thing to I, stuff it. I bet they all regret that they weren't taught to... Uh, just use their shadow to do stuff like before the war yeah got to like save daffy, time, daffy uh, like you know in his various spy antics would have you know benefited no end from the ability to just send his shadow in yeah yeah but i don't think he would have i think he's a he's a feathers on duck <laughs> feathers on duck yeah yeah i could see that all right yeah, I don't know this answer very much though. It was nice to see. I liked the groundhog though. He was a he was a chancer. Yeah, no, he was but, good. I, I, I liked his sob stories. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is adding much to the Tooniverse. It's not really. It was just I don't know. It was it was an odd episode. Like there was too many things that are just like, ah, oh, that's just weird. But also too many things that we've just sort of seen before. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I, I get I get it. So let's move on. I think it's a good idea. To the gophers that we keep talking about accidentally. The goofy gophers. 
So we've got the Goofy Gophers, which stars Goofy Gophers, and uh, Bugs Bunny pops up in a cameo. So okay. join us in watching uh, the Goofy Gophers. In fact, no, we can't. We've got to go to the check the Porky Piggy Bank first. That's don't we? not a bad show, actually. Cause... Join us in a bit for the Goofy Gophers. Yeah, but join us immediately. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to go and rattle a Porky Piggy Bank. Okay, so first up, thank you all so much for listening to the show. It's good to know we're not alone. Yeah, it is doing this, good. especially on weeks like this where nothing makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so we do the show for free. That's not going to stop. Don't nope. you worry about that. It will always be that way. Uh, but there are some things you could do to help us out if you enjoy the show. Uh, first up, please, if you listen on iTunes or anything with a uh, review system, but yeah. iTunes is the big one, please leave us a review because yeah. uh, it really helps our visibility. Uh, you, you taking uh, you know a minute out to just write us a quick review would, would help us no end. Well, that's it. As soon as we get reviews, we end up with a rating and then, and then we become much more visible on iTunes uh, and that gets more people listening. Absolutely. more people to talk to about it. Exactly. Uh, other than that, uh, we're doing a live show in one week's time. One week. Uh, it's in Reading at the Pavilion we're going to be uh, showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit and weaving that into the uh, intricacies and nuances <laughs> of the Tooniverse and uh, we'd like your help to do that tickets are £3 you can get them at kaiju.fm slash live or if you're in the Reading area uh, over the bar at the Nags Head which yeah. is opposite the venue so that's on June 13th at 7 o'clock tickets are £3 get them from one of those two places yeah yeah, I think they're going to be available on the door. They will be well. available on the door. But they we will probably be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, we advise, get, advise getting them ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, there's a Patreon for Kaiju.fm, uh, which is the network we're a part of. Yeah. Uh, so if you go over to Kaiju.fm and click support us, you can see the various uh, pledge levels there. For as little as a, a dollar a month, you, again, could really, really help us out. Um that's less than 25 cents an episode, even yeah. if you only listen to us. And there's... It's surprising how far that goes as well for us. So at least, you know, yeah, it just how means much it helps out. The various hosting and things like that is, is, isn't is uh, eating away at our... Uh, porky piggy bank. Porky piggy bank. <laughs> um, but other than that, just tell people because, you yeah. know, word of mouth is how people are going to find out about it. And if you like it, chances are some people you know will like it as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, please uh, tell people about it. If Otherwise... You, yeah, if, if you can get like... it little words tattooed on your eyelids and just go and blink at people with the Space Jam continue written on your eyelids. Yeah, I mean, it's a long it's long for just the eyelids. Get big eyelids. If you had the on one side and the continue on the other side and then you just had Space, Space Jam. Jam on oh, your eyelids. Oh, that'd be amazing. Cause people and they go, like, why have you got the continuum? It's and, then like, just, and then just blink at them and they're going to be like, oh, yeah. Space Jam continuum. Yeah, do that. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the fifth and final option. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, let's get back to some cartoons, which I've already sort of introduced but then remembered that this was part of the show. Okay, good plan. Okay, now let's watch Goofy yeah. Gophers from, uh, where is it? January 25th, 1947. Thanks, Cal. You're welcome. <laughs> so those guys are great. Yeah, they are awesome. <laughs> like, 
they're my favourites for a while. The very camp, the Goofy Gophers, the very camp. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, you know, but they're just pretty blasé. They're just stealing a load of crops from a farm and uh, causing a hard time for the dog who's the go- yeah, presumably the been dog. brought in for this specific purpose. Yeah. Uh, they're great. Like, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> they are hilarious. Like, just that their back and forth is just brilliant. They're like, so with... polite. Yeah. Like... Uh, may I? Yeah. Oh, please do. Yeah, they, they are brilliant. <laughs> it's like Fraser and Niles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the level it's at. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, that is... That is amazing. It was it was really fun. I even liked the dog, but I mean the dog's not named in that. But like I, th- I thought he was brilliant because he was literally on guard. Like he had a guard post, and he was quite prof- like professional in his yeah. demeanor to it. It's like yeah, he did know, keep he... falling asleep every so often though. Yeah, which but is how it's it started like, and ended. But he actually but... wants to do the job properly. Yeah. Like it's it's it's, it's a demeanor we haven't seen in a lot of the dogs in the universe. No. Like certainly not the dogs who sleep in a kennel. Rather than running businesses in the city. Yes. Yeah. Like, like he, he he was a professional guard dog. That, that that was what he did, and yeah, like he was just like right, got to stop the golfers, and he was trying to find various different ways of doing it. Now there are a few things I've noticed about the Tooniverse post-war, which I'm pretty sure weren't the case here post-war. Okay. Um, they seem very laissez-faire about what people have taken home from war. Like, yeah, I, you know, in our world, like, you know, I can picture people maybe taking uh, the revolver or something yes. like that, being allowed to take that. Um, here, you know, they, they've definitely, the gophers would definitely have a grenade. Like, yeah. just about see it. I could just about see that being a thing, but it's unlikely. A grenade's not readily available. What, day to day? Well, yeah. I don't I... think they are. Well, Only no, in GTA. Like, yeah, I know, but like, like in the Tooniverse, like people readily just get sticks of dynamite uh there's sticks of dynamite re- they regularly be- just got guns but sticks about. of dynamite are used like as part of mining for other things yeah like you know no one's putting a load of fragmentation grenades down a pit no, that's a good point but the thing the thing that made me bring it up is they've got like an anti-aircraft <laughs> station yeah. yes uh, but i mean like that's I-, I don't know if that's just been brought home from the war whether or not that was just left over from the war like maybe, like maybe that farm a already site. had already had like that as a staging point. But basically, you know, through all the through all the antics and chases in this episode, it winds up with them putting the dog into the uh, the shoot for this uh, yeah missile missile site, and then firing him into the moon, which breaks into four pieces, which is going to cause yeah. them some problems. Yeah, but this it was at this point that um you know the the gophers are like right that's the dog gone you know it's all ours now and then it switches and bugs bunny's there with a massive pile of eating carrots going ah no i wouldn't say that i'm thinking the reason bugs turns up is one they impersonated him and he doesn't like that they're lucky they didn't get you reckon he doesn't like that i reckon he doesn't like that but i'm thinking he's there to fix the moon (laughs) (laughs) because he's like well this is an issue best solve that i i I could kind of see it also if he's come back in time to uh to fix the moon he's like oh like you know just one day he was doing some business elsewhere and the moon just went he's like oh he's like ah well best put that that. on the to do (laughs) yes so like what's interesting is he didn't he didn't come back to stop them putting the dog on and just destroying the moon he's come back to fix it as to how he's going to achieve that, I don't know. I don't know how accurate. 
I, I don't know if his, his time traveling abilities like increase in accuracy as time goes on though. But, like, yeah, as in yeah, his timeline goes on. Yeah. So like he might still just be like Oh yeah, I've come back but a little early. Um, yeah. Or a bit late. Like in that um that JFK assassination thing where the guy's got to stop the JFK assassination mm. but he goes back like three years too early. Yes. And has to live all the way up to it and then stop it. Yeah. Can't remember uh, what it's it, called. Yeah. I, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. It's but... just a date and I can't remember what that date is. Yeah. So Is it not the date JFK was shot or maybe? Well, I was trying to beforehand. remember if it was three years beforehand yeah, or yeah. it could have been. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh no. It's an okay show. Give yeah. it a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm thinking that's possibly why Bugs was there anyway, was to try and fix the moon. Yeah, I can see that. I also wondered that's going to cause some issues. I also wondered if he'd, because uh, a lot of their antics are very Bugs-esque, I wondered if he'd come back and started teaching them some stuff, maybe as prospective uh, basketball uh, players. Yeah, potentially. Um, because they seem to know him. They impersonate him earlier on, and like it might just be because it's like he's their sort of teacher idol no he could just be it could just be that they look up to him it's yeah like, Ooh. but then pete but he is does seem to be a celebrity in the universe so he like, does yeah. yeah yeah so yeah like the again d- not not a lot no I the, mean, dogs are, like, the dogs are master puppeteer which we've seen before yes um and like unfortunately the fact that we've seen it before does lead me to believe that you know he killed at least one lady gopher yeah and fashioned a hideous puppet out of it of course. uh yeah, presu- po- possibly you know taught by whatever dog um the spirit of red hot rider is currently you know piloting i don't think it is he's a bit to get a bit too it, together yeah yeah he was a bit too together and a good like he had a very um very good sense of duty because yeah i definitely did think that as soon as the puppet came out i was like oh is, is this is this him because we haven't seen him in a while no we haven't actually but i know his demeanor was very different yeah like there was and something he probably wrong. would have been named as well yeah, but I think we've got to be on a lookout here because there's, like, this list lists Willoughby and we know we're not really dealing with that, yeah. Willoughby yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. We know, we know we're dealing with the spirit of Red Hot Rider. Yeah. And so I think we've got to be, you know, pretty vigilant looking for Red Hot Rider. Yeah. Yeah. Because also we, like, don't forget his eventual purpose is to uh, possess a human. Yeah. Yeah, that and is so, true. like... Yeah, we've got to look for him outside of dogs. Got to look for that demeanor. Well, you know, hopefully we're not going to find him by his um, puppeteering escapades. Yeah, hopefully be some not. Dark episodes, because otherwise there's going to be some horrible stuff yeah. going on. I don't really want to yeah. see that game. No. Do you know what else I don't want to see? And well, luckily no. we don't have to. The next episode is called the Gay Antes, and like I just can't imagine in this era that being uh, something we'd want to watch. I yeah. think in this era that'll be insensitive uh, but well i mean uh, uh, potentially um, um luckily we don't have to do it no that is true we can move right on because there's no proper characters in it so uh the next one and the final one for this week is uh called sentimental over you but what they've done what they've done cal <laughs> is they put what, a c what, in what after done? the s in oh, sentimental yeah. to make it the word scent oh and as i'm sure you can probably imagine that's because this is a pepe Le Pew episode oh, he's, back. he's back in He's back. Is he really Pepe Le Pew occasionally manifesting as Michael? Is he really Michael <laughs> occasionally manifesting as Pepe Le Pew? We don't know. All we know is he's got a wife and kids under the name Michael, yeah. and he's a smelly French skunk, or <laughs> vice versa. Let's let's watch it. So let's watch you. "Sentimental Over You" from March eighth, nineteen forty-seven. Go on then. <laughs> 
Pelopew's tastes are more exotic than I thought they were. Yeah. See, the main thing I took away, I mean, there was that, but he's the serial killer of the cartoon love world. He is relentless. Yeah. And he never runs. He Nope. He he bounds along, walks along. He's always going a hell of a lot slower than everything else, and he always manages to catch up. Well, actually, no, he occasionally runs. The first time he sees uh, oh, yeah, a lady, he he'll go, yeah. but then from then on, it's just that... Bring, 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 yeah. bring, that tune and him just really slowly just sort yeah. of bounding along but what got me in this episode is that the previous um well the first Pepe Le Pew episode we saw yeah um he was pursuing a cat that looked like a skunk yes and in this one he was pursuing a dog that looked like a skunk yeah um now the clincher here for me is that at the end of this one the dog takes off like the, the outfit and wearing, goes, look, yeah. I'm a dog. Yeah. And then Pepe Le Pew goes, oh, but I know this is perfect. And he takes off his skunk outfit and he's also a dog. Yeah. So he knew he was pursuing a dog. Yeah. It's not like he thought it was a skunk. And it's that he wants ready. to explore, you know, uh, sexual relationships with other species. Yeah. But he just finds them a bit more attractive for they do have some skunk-like traits. Yes. I mean, obviously he wasn't a dog. Like, they... Uh, they got in a passionate embrace, and, yeah. and then over the shoulder, he just quickly takes his dog mask off, gives you a wink, yeah. puts it back on. But, like, I mean, I presume his wife is a skunk. Yeah. I. It does make me presume even more that Michael is his real personality. <laughs> and he just doesn't like skunks. Maybe, maybe, maybe no, he's I just think he likes skunks. Un- he just thinks he wants to, he just wants to try some stuff out. Yeah. It's really a, anything it, at all. Well, yeah. It's, it, he's such an interesting character because he's very... He, he puts a lot of pressure on. He doesn't take no for an answer. He tries uh, everything. He yeah. goes, okay, I'll play hard to get. And then that's uh, like, uh, okay, uh, I'll play easy yeah, to get. I love the way he played hard to get. He basically ran alongside the dog that like was away going, I'm playing hard to get. You <laughs> cannot have me. And you're just like... I That's do not, not run after you, yeah. I run before you. Yeah, that is not playing hard to get, like, <laughs> at all. But I just love the idea of, like, you know, if you're going out and you're trying to, you know, find a relationship or just find, you know, a, a partner for the for the evening, just turn up somebody and go, by the way, I'm playing hard to get, so, you know, I won't be chasing you around this evening, playing hard to get, here I am. And it's like, well, okay, that's not working. Um, well, if you need anything, I'm right here. Just give us a whistle. Uh, you know, easy now, easy to get here. Um, I just like the the boldness of it. But also, he loves everything. Like, yeah. he loves if they're interested. He yeah. loves if they're not interested. Yeah. He loves if they're violent. He loves yeah. if they're, like, you know, it, it just loves everything. Yeah, because the dog in this one whistles, hides behind a tree, and then as he comes around the tree, slams him with a baseball bat yeah, and like- snaps it over his head. And he just goes, like, you know, he just sees that as, like, oh, this, this one's got... Yeah, this oh, one's she's got... feisty. <laughs> she's got yeah, some spunk. He loves it. But, yeah, I, I genuinely believe at this point that Michael's his real personality. Yeah, no, I, th- I think but you're But, like, right. he just has a hankering to, to experiment. Like, Pepe is his hound dog name. That's that's what it is. And right now, he'll he'll go for anything he hasn't had before. Yeah. So do you think he's got, like, a checkbook? Yeah. He's just, like... Tick. Reckon like one of those I spy books with the yeah. Michelin man on the or like a train spotter. Yeah. I reckon mm. he's got one of them. But mm. it's just all animals. 
Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be that bothered about gender, because I'm fairly certain in the first one it was a male cat. I can't remember, but it could have been, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain we spoke about it being a male cat. So I like. I think he's just... He's sexually curious. And yeah. he's going for it. Well, he is going for it. His I wife... Mean, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe she is as well. I don't know, because she seemed annoyed that he was out and about. Like, yeah, no, but that, that, I don't think it's a consenting. I know, but the thing is, like, 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 maybe she's annoyed because he had other things to do, and he chose to be doing that instead. I used to think he just he needed the tax return or something. Yeah, or like you know, the the dinner needed making. Like it was his night to make the dinner because it was her turn to go out, and he was like, "Nah, I'm off." Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's like, a possibility. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, because because we've all, all we've seen is she was annoyed. She wasn't because she just said, "Put that cat down." She wasn't annoyed. Yeah, that actually, he was it wasn't actually like, like what are you cheating? doing? It was like put the cat down. Yeah, like let's go. He was in, like she was annoyed for something else. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't at home, not the fact that he was out with another That's lady an interesting or gentleman. Point. So I'm that thinking, I'm thinking point. they are in that sort of relationship. But you know, he's still got duties at home. He's got kids. He's got things he needs to deal. Maybe, with. or maybe they're not in that kind of relationship necessarily. Maybe they're <clears> they're married, divorced, and he's meant to have the kids. Ah, so it was his weekend for the kids or yeah. his night for them. Right. And he's gone, I can't take the kids. I've yeah, got um, other commitments. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, anything. And what, what, <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing anything else. Yeah, literally <laughs> doing anything else. Or yeah. at least trying to. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's why she was annoyed. Yeah. I that, 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 that works that, for that, me. Yeah, that's, that seems more... So, Pepe Le Pew's name is Michael. Yeah. He's uh, a divorcee. Yeah. Uh, he's With kids. Re- I, I reckon recently, recently back on the market, as it were. Yeah. He's he's, uh, he's re- he reinvented himself as Pepe. He's given himself a French accent. Yeah. I think he when he's that's... so he's, he's Michael when he's got the kids. Yeah. But like any time he hasn't got the kids, he's he's, Pepe. he's on the game and he's Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. That's, <laughs> That's at least we got, at, least, at least we settled something this episode because it was it was oh, it was it was a difficult God. one. That it, was a difficult one. Yeah, because like, I didn't think we were going to add. I didn't think we were going to confirm anything. That or, was yeah. yeah no, that, that 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 is a relief. Okay, so we'll be calling Pepe Michael from now on. From now on, <laughs> Michael, aka Pepe Le Pew. I want to know his surname. I want to know his regular surname. Yeah, I hope it's really boring. Because <laughs> I like the idea he's going through sort of a midnight midlife crisis. Yeah, and he's had to reinvent himself, and he's just overdone it a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I like it. There you go. <laughs> right, so that's that. Uh, so in one week's time is mm. the live show. Uh, it won't be airing in a week's time. It will be airing no. a few weeks after that for our first birthday. But uh, please, if you uh want to support the show please come down to the live show yep. if you're in the vicinity we it's, would love uh, to see you all yeah. there so that's on june 13th uh it's at seven o'clock at the pavilion in reading tickets are three pounds if you get them at kaiju.fm slash live or over the bar at the nags head yeah um otherwise you'll be able to get them on the door they might be a little bit more expensive might be not a lot though no it'll still be dirt cheap it's still gonna be, be a good, good fun show. evening so uh yeah get in amongst it yeah otherwise uh we'll uh catch you on the next show yeah Bye!